Hi guys. Um, my name is Rachel. I am the overall uh, peer counseling student head, I guess, for right now. And um, welcome to our first podcast episode. Hi guys, I'm Allison. I am one of the 13 peer counselors at CSD and I'm also a member of the C committee. Hi, I'm Saj, and I'm also one of the peer counselors here at our, our Cougar Support Den program. Hi, I'm Annabelle, and I'm an also a peer counselor. And I think the first thing we're going to go with, just so you can get to know us better and everything, since we're going for um, EV, Guide to EV and Academic Pressure, do we want to start off with like our experiences, like what we first thought about EV, like the first things we either heard or when we experienced, and you want to start off with that? Yes. So for me, so I went to Quimby and I was in a different program. So I was staying with Annabelle. We were in a different <laughs> program. And I had the best and worst times of my life during that program. Now going into high school, I'm more of like, I believe these narratives that people tell me, like, especially in TV. So, you know, high school musical. Oh. Like, oh, wow. My high school experience is going to be like this. I know that I shouldn't believe these things. But I think for me, I think it's good to have that type of narrative. Because it just made me go into high school in a positive um, outcome. If that makes sense. Aww, that's good. So yeah, ninth grade was one of the best years of my high school. Uh, just, just meeting new people was just so amazing. Like I don't hang out with anyone from middle school. If that makes sense, like no um. one. Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like no one. Um, I wouldn't take that as a bad thing. And just like meeting new people, I wouldn't mm-hmm. call myself like a social social person. Like sometimes I do get afraid to talk to people. But just, like, talking to, like, different people in different schools, like Shibuya or, like, Leva, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a really good experience. And um, my classes were amazing. Like, they weren't that hard. <laughs> and now, during high school, I've got um, – so my sister, she told me that I should make connections with my teachers before friends. So I did the opposite. But still, mm-hmm. it still worked out well. So just like being uh, friendly with the staff was really good. I love like Mr. Reeser. I'm super close with him now. So Miss Kim, just so happy that um, Evie has taught me to be who I am today. So Aww. thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's cute. Yeah, Allison, I know you. Um, you transferred in, didn't you? Yeah. And so, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, um, like Rachel said, I transferred at the end or in the beginning of sophomore year. So my first year at EV was completely on distance learning. And like many people, um, distance learning was very hard to transition to, especially since I was from like outside the district during my freshman year. I felt very isolated, but at the same time, I didn't really feel the effects of like the academic hardship on distance learning because Mm -hmm. for me, I felt more laxed, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense, because we had, like, the help of technology, but I did feel a lot of isolation towards my peers since I didn't know anyone. But overall, it wasn't bad. And then my transition from distance learning to 11th grade was everything was very new to me. It felt like I was a freshman again since I didn't, like, walk on campus at all. And at first, I was really nervous because I was like, ooh, what are my peers going to think? Like, will I be able to make friends? But fortunately, I was able to build connections. And I'm very close to, like, even my teachers. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like relationships are really the most important thing when it comes to entering a new environment. Yeah, go ahead, Emma. And then for me, going in, I was also, like I said earlier, I was with Sag in middle school. We were in LSI. (laughs) 
and I feel like for me coming into um not Millbrook sorry coming into like EV it was like completely I knew what to expect but I didn't know what to expect because like I had cousins that went here I had my older brother went here so like I knew about these things like you'll hear about like the academic pressure you'll hear about like oh my god these some of these teachers are really difficult or like the environment is a very competitive one but like actually experiencing it for the first time because for me I had a completely different experience than you Saj mm-hmm. I had the hardest freshman year Aww. ever it was so bad I remember sleeping like maybe two three hours a day oh, yeah my sleep schedule didn't break guys <laughs> but yeah I remember like going through it all because I had some really difficult classes because like mm. for me I had the teachers that were like mm, we're a difficult class let's mm. just put it at that you know mm-hmm. like there was a lot of competitiveness like I remember one of my classes almost everyone in the class hated me and like alienated oh me because mm. they said that I was like scary or intimidating or something mm. when there was an actual another person in this class who would like actually actively like bully me and other people mm-hmm. but everyone would like her because then she would pin it all on me somehow oh, wow. so then it was very difficult that class but obviously like like you guys also just made some friends and mm. some nice connections that like helped supported me and been like no Annabelle like validating my feelings being like it's okay you're not imagining things because you know how sometimes you're like oh yeah. you know I'm totally overthinking it like all these people hate me but like they actually don't mm-hmm. like it's always nice to have people that are just there to support you and just be like no yeah. like this is true like I see it too you're not going insane yeah or even like you know when people are treating you like that it's easy to think like oh maybe I am the problem yeah. and I guess it's always good to evaluate that um because you know you do want to be aware of your actions but also just sometimes you know that might not be the case and having validation is like mm-hmm. having other people to support you is really important mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like for me, let's see, I was a Shiboya kid. Um, I'm not very proud of that. But, <laughs> um, but honestly, and honestly, I know that not a lot of people um, would say the same, but I, I do feel proud to be an EVHS student. Um, no, because I... I mean, that's the thing. I didn't really have that much guidance, like, going in. And, you know, I don't blame that on, like, you know, Shiboya or something. But it's just kind of more my experiences within those, like, elementary school, middle school. Um, And I think EV was definitely the first place where I found that kind of Mm -hmm. guidance. And so that's why it means a lot to me. Um, And so I remember my dad, like, definitely warned me about the academic competition I think I was kind of sheltered from it in terms of like I wasn't really associated with like people who were super like academically rigorous at the time so my ninth grade was really easy for me because you know I just wasn't in that circle and I just you know took a step back like I I don't think I was even doing any extracurriculars at the time or anything um I was just you know attending my classes making friends and Mm so I really loved my freshman year um, that completely changed the minute the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that's kind of where I feel like a lot of people, you know, started to shift. And yeah, I think academic pressure has always, you know, pervaded Evie. It's always something that like people like, it's like the number one thing that people will like define Evie as. Yeah. Like before I even, en- like, I'm sure we all agree, like, before even entering EV, that's yeah. what we hear yeah. about EV. Like, even now, when I'm, like, at work, sometimes, like, I'm working with, like, high schoolers, right? And, like, mm-hmm. workers, like, oh, like, where did you go to high school? Where are you going to high school at? And I'm, like, oh, I'm going to EV. They're, like, oh, that's where all the smart people are and yeah. things like that. And I'm, like, oh, 
you know, you call them smart. I call them competitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's just for me, it's like I have such a different view of Evie compared to everyone else. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, like everyone outside views Evie as like this big or like like a school in such a high pedestal mm-hmm. and everything. And it's like, mm. I mean, like, I guess it's good. They're like, oh, my God, you go to such a good school. And I was like, I feel like it's good in some aspects. But mm-hmm. then other aspects, you're like, hmm. There are things we can work on. Yeah, yeah that's definitely. I mean, that's interesting. You say we put ourselves on a pedestal. Because then, do you guys think that like everyone is competitive, or it's just more like we all just see ourselves within a competitive environment? And that's what causes stress. I feel like not to blame the parents, but I'm gonna blame the parents. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah. kind of valid. Yeah, I'm gonna blame the parents. I feel like maybe ever since we were children, or just my experience, I've always had this. Because I'm, like, the, one of the youngest in my family. Mm. So it's, like, always, like, oh, like, they always compare me to these kids that I have no idea who they are. So I'm, like, so do you want me to become that? Like, what can I just become what I want to be? You know what I mean? Like, education-wise, mm. like, it's just super frustrating and annoying. And sometimes it just really, really annoys me. Mm. Like, I still get it sometimes. But now, as I'm, like, growing older, I kind of see uh, their point of view. There's also, like... It's, like, it's more like the parents show off to my parents that oh my god my ch- my child is this. Oh yeah. So sure. then I'm like, okay, you go make them your child. Yeah. Mm. Adding on like top I of what you said, Sash, I totally feel that. I feel like for like many of us who come from like multicultural backgrounds, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. there's been such a big emphasis on academics because. Like for our parents, that's how they knew how to be successful. They had to strive academically. And I feel like I know they're like they mean well, since that's like the only way they knew how to. But sometimes it just feels like a heavy burden to have that expectation. And like the comparisons make you feel so small. I know, like I can totally relate to what you mean about like random people or like even my siblings, because I have an older sister. I have to there's times where I'm like, wow, my sister does so many amazing things. I kind of want to be like her, but it's also like a deep sense of like pit of jealousy that I'm like, wow, I can never be her. And then also as like a middle child, I have to like set precedents for like my younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. I also think as a big one too, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was like comparing to your friends, especially Mm -hmm. your closest friends. I felt like that was really difficult as well because it's like, oh, like they're your friend and like you're such good friends with them at the same time. It's like, but my parents keep saying like, oh, why don't you be more like them? And you're just like, it's hard to like, especially hold friendships because it's like, oh, you start to like develop like that jealousy a little bit or like mm-hmm. that envy because it's like, oh, I want to be more like my friend. And then sometimes it can like lead to like detrimental, like, you know, hurting yeah. your friendships because mm-hmm. of the like comparisons. I'm glad that you brought that up, Annabelle, because especially in freshman year when I had classes with my friends like we would like help each other so now I'm going into senior year no I'm like no I'm not gonna help you you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just like even if you have the same teacher I feel like just like sharing them my point of view and how to do the assignment I feel like they're gonna judge me for it so just mm-hmm. stop doing that I see that no I totally get that too because sometimes I get like insecure people yeah. like peer review my writing mm-hmm. just oh. in case like they view me as dumb that is like one of my biggest insecurities even though I know they mean well to help me it's just very weird and I feel like we accidentally built like a cutthroat like environment of like I don't know how to exactly word it but since we're constantly doing comparisons we constantly try to one-up each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. our insecurities get the best of us Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah 
I mean, honestly, I could talk <laughs> like right now. Um, okay, so for some context, I'm mixed, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm half Indian. Um, and I guess I've kind of, it's not like, you know, I avoid everyone in that community. I obviously yeah. have, you know, a lot of people who are like my friends, but like, I think there's a very specific portion of the Daisy community that is very, very competitive oh, academically. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously it exists with yeah, like all the other STEM. Yeah, um, STEM. STEM is a whole other subject. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely think that we as students are the ones who internalize those expectations and perpetuate them with one another. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what has contributed to, I guess, a lot of the mental health issues that we see resulting from that academic yeah. pressure. Definitely. I feel like we all have that experience where you're like in class and you're like, oh my God, I got this score. And it's like, let's say like an 85. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with an 85. I would be so happy with the 85. And then you're like in sitting there and you're happy. And then you hear someone go really loudly usually, oh my God, I got like a 90. I failed. And you're just like, suddenly mm-hmm. you just felt feels so small I feel like yeah. mm-hmm. there's a really thing that happened a uh, thing that happens after and you're like your friends are like oh my god I failed this test I failed this test and then it's like a 95 and you're just like I got like a 92 does that mean I failed yeah. mm-hmm. you know it's just I feel like we hold ourselves to such high expectation and I also feel like we unknowingly put pressure on other people yeah. mm-hmm. like we'll complain about like even I do this I complain like oh my god I have a 91 I'm gonna fail this class because for me <laughs> failing means not an A which mm. is not true in the slightest bit. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, it's been ingrained in me. Failing means anything below an A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're just, like, in my head, I'm thinking that. Or, like, sometimes, like, when I talk to one of my friends, and my friend's, like, I got an 85. And then immediately, I'm, like, oh, no, that's great. Like, that's such a good grade mm-hmm. because I genuinely believe that. But it's just, like, we have such a – we hold ourselves to such high expectations. And then if we often accidentally – like, I feel like it's not, it's very common for us to accidentally, like, put peer, or put, like, academic pressure on other people, mm-hmm. because we're, like, because for us, in our heads, we're voicing it, but we hold ourselves to, like, higher expectations than what we hold to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, other people, we hold more reasonable expectations, but then mm-hmm. with ourselves, we're just, like, oh, you have to reach this almost, or pretty much unreachable expectation. Yeah. I feel like everyone would even admit like saying that you're going to fail if you don't get an A is unreasonable, but that still doesn't really stop people from, you know, still saying that kind of stuff. And I think it's, it's deeply, it's something that we deeply ingrain within ourselves. I feel like, you know, um, what about teachers? (laughs) I definitely think they perpetuate like that sort of culture, especially Mm -hmm. like through, I don't know. I know some teachers like try to, initiate like competition with it amongst their oh, students yeah. mm-hmm. in order to see like who is academically the best and I know at some points it's they're trying to be encouraging but it also like puts other people down who may not be as academically inclined or may have like more smarts in like other departments such as like the arts uh, mm-hmm. it's like harmful because you're continually like spiraling in order to meet those expectations or like such standards and you're not taking care of yourself and it's just yeah. so overwhelming i I kind of agree with you like when teachers like validate your experiences and with like genuine like kindness I start crying because I'm like I'm not used to it it's so weird you know we have this you know it connects back to like saying we put ourselves on a pedestal or we put Evie on a pedestal and we perpetuate different cultures and things like that but in that it's like I think the way that we look at ourselves and look at this school is really I think it can be really harmful in some ways, not just like because we internalize those expectations, mm-hmm. but actively like labeling someone as mm-hmm. a failure if they don't like I'll give an example. Like 
in my leadership class, there is like this huge debate over my 10th grade and 11th grade that would like span like multiple class periods on whether there should be a GPA requirement to enter leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some people, I think it was like 2.75 at the time and they were trying to lower it. Like some people, yeah, some people were saying we should lower it to 2.0. Other people, there's some people who said um, we should raise it at 3.0 because that's the minimum. They're like, that's the minimum requirement to get into UC. So that should be the requirement. That's not everyone's goal. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it was a huge discussion. Um, I don't mean to kind of like assert that like someone, like people who were in partaking in that discussion were kind of like, I'm not trying to say anything about their character. Yeah. It's just more that like, you know, because then a lot of, it wasn't even like talking about college per se, but then some people who advocated raising the GPA higher were kind of using reasoning like, oh, well, because like, okay, some people were bringing up that education has a lot of inequities, mm-hmm. you know, it's not easy for everyone to have the same kind of access. Like, let's say if you're a lower income student yeah. and, you know, you have to take care of your family or work a job on the side and try to make ends meet, you don't have the same access to kind of pursue the same opportunities or even be able to study as well as someone who comes from a more privileged background right and obviously just because that doesn't that shouldn't have to adversely affect your entry into something you want to be a part of for helping your community but then other people were like some people who were against it were kind of like oh well that doesn't happen at this school and you know we're eb kids um and it's just kind of like that was like the only reasoning that they use and once again it's just kind of like i'm not here to say like you know anything about anyone's character just like that you know they're terrible people or something like that i think but i think when we have that kind the fact that there's a lot of people who share that kind of frame of reference and just kind of like in viewing our own school that way and you know kind of ostracizing it really ostracizes people who don't fit into this idea of what an ev student is um and you know obviously since we put the idea of what an EV student is on a pedestal, mm-hmm. it's easy for us to just feel like none of us are those kind of students that they expect us to be. And I think it's a very, um, what's the word? Imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. kind of? Does that fit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something that's like really deeply embedded in our culture um, at EV. No, Rachel, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> like I'm going to community college mm-hmm. and then my parents, like they don't care. But just, like, people that I tell that I'm going to community college are like, oh, like, I'm, like, um, I'm making a bad choice. So I get scared for my future. But it's also, like, if I go to community college and you go to a full four-year college, I'm still going to get the same degree as you. Even if I didn't do the full first two years in Mm -hmm. college, you know. Yeah, and what's also Mm -hmm. interesting is, like, one of my teachers actually showed us a documentary about, like, the truth behind college Mm because he's, like, he wanted us to like prepare ourselves and he wanted us to like understand the reality of it and literally in the documentary it said private schools have not raised their level of education they're giving Mm -hmm. so community colleges and like public schools have reached and met the same level of education so you're getting the same level of education all the way across Mm -hmm. it's just the name the experience the location and Mm -hmm. all these different things but in the end it doesn't matter if you go to community it doesn't matter if you go to public doesn't matter if you go to private you're still getting the same education exactly. across the board. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know what's funny? is like MIT puts every single one of their class lectures online on YouTube. You could find mm. every single lecture. But did you really go to MIT is the question. Because you don't have that piece of paper that says, I graduated from MIT. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. took every single course they have. 
So you have all the skills and knowledge, but you didn't graduate from MIT technically because you didn't pay them like thousands and thousands of dollars just to go there for a piece of paper that says the word MIT on it. Facts, yeah. Annabelle, yeah. useful fact. <laughs> Plus, it depends on like what you do with that degree that like yeah, makes you true. or considers you as successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then again, it's like, I mean, okay, whatever education you attain in college is going to help you no matter what, yeah. obviously. But I think it is fair to say that that if you graduate from a certain college, you're going to be offered more opportunities, right? And I think that's the whole thing that kind of drives parents to get students to go into really good colleges because of networking and things like that. Um, Otherwise, you know, I think in terms of if you just care about the education content, like you guys are like 100% right. College doesn't matter. You're going to, or like whatever college you go to doesn't matter. It's just the name you're paying for. It's just the name you're paying for. And I think, you know, that's definitely, and that's, you know, something that's even bigger, like, when it comes to just like that's outside of EV and something that you know is out of our control because that's just the way that like our society yeah. is structured. Um, but we definitely buy into it here at EV. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like back to competitiveness. Like they're thinking yeah. I'm a dumb person for the community college. It's just I'm gonna save my money. Yeah. I'm still gonna get the same degree as you if you go to a full full yeah. year. So. And just like without that kind of like system, really adapting or changing, it's like. I feel like, or what I personally think is, I just don't think that parents or families like attitudes towards education is going to really change because, you know, it's not like it's adjusting elsewhere. Ooh, but, this, or, this scares me. yeah. Like, what if me as a parent, what if I do this to my kids? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Have faith that you won't. Yeah. yeah. True. But in that, is like, you know, I think a lot of people will kind of want to address academic pressure that goes on in EV but it gets really overwhelming because it's such a deep-rooted thing in so many different areas like you know obviously like we just talked about like the college and the educational system and how that prepares you for like a career and what opportunities you get is one thing I think even like the trauma that comes from a lot of us having immigrant parents um generational trauma yeah yeah Yeah. I think studies shout out Mr. Van Holt um we love you um yeah it's just like there's a lot of different things that go into it and I think trying to rework the culture that exists at EV is like I don't want to say impossible but it's just very it's a big workload yeah it's a lot to do but I feel like it all kind of just starts with yourself yeah that sounds so cliche (laughs) it does so inspirational yeah it all starts with yourself with you (laughs) sorry continue (laughs) But, like, I feel like for us, it's, like, how, I feel like we all bought into this, like, at one point mm-hmm. or another, that academic pressure. Oh, for, oh, sure. for sure. Right? Yeah. I think it's just about, like, what we do now. Or, like, what what do we actively do? Or unless we're still kind of stuck in it. Because I'm low-key still kind of stuck in it. But anyone mm-hmm. have any? Anyone? Like, how did you guys get out of it? Get out of or it? Or, like, not maybe get out of it. But slowly start to reframe your mindset and, like, how mm-hmm. you approach things. I think for me... Like, um, it was, like, near the end of, like, junior year. I was, like, absolutely crushed, like, like getting my, like, report card. Ugh, my report card. <laughs> but then I realized after, it's, like, you know what? I put so much, like, pressure on myself to, like, succeed. Mm. But honestly, I tried my best. And I feel like I thought I'm, like, so hard on myself that, like, what I was doing. I even, <clears throat> this relates to something 
Um, did you guys happen to do like letters to your like future yes. self? <gasps> Miss yes. Perry. I did um, that with Miss Perry. Oh, I got oh, yeah. mine back from Mr. Fam's class, and then I wrote oh. something similar. Like this is like very generic and basic, but I wrote something like, "Hey, um, I know we could be super hard on ourselves sometimes, and we tend to overthink the situation, but I want to say that you're gonna do great, and then you need to believe in yourself. Oh. We may not know what." lies ahead of us but hopefully you don't become overwhelmed and you can find happiness in your experience and live a life with supportive friends and family and I feel like that also helped me like realize hey I might not be like the best at everything I do but I could still like lead a good life and that kind of like helped me transition from my major like academic focus mind and realized I don't need to be I it can pr- pursue other things other than that. Straight yeah. fact, also. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess for me, I like writing. So. Oh this, yeah. This writing, yeah, I love writing poems. Yeah. I think it's just a good way to just get my anger or whatever yeah. emotion I'm feeling out. That's how yeah. I cope. I mean, you talked about some really deep stuff yes. in your poems. So you always gotta love yourself. So mm. it's hard to write a love letter or a positive thing. So even though I didn't have positive things in it, but just like you know what I mean. It's just a good way to yeah, write. Yeah, it's a good way to write. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. It definitely is about redirecting your mindset. Yeah. And I think like so loaded for me to if I would try to unpack it right now. But I think for me, a lot of the kind of like pressure and expectations I put on myself. Um, as a student, we're also just like, I can't separate them from also like just personal things in my life that yeah. also like really affected the way that I view myself and being really self-destructive. Um, but I think it was through being vulnerable with my experiences allowed me to be bleh, to be more empathetic to myself. And I think that's the main thing is like, you know, you have to understand like, you know yourself best and you know your experiences and you know who you are. And I think it's something that without like taking the steps to just learn to appreciate and be comfortable in your own skin is like, you're not going to be able to, you know, overcome any of those internal fears or expectations or, you know, the way that you might like deprecate yourself or degrade yourself is like, you know, you can't overcome that until you begin to be comfortable with yourself. I guess. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Literally me, like my freshman year was so hard. And like, once I hit quarantine, it was actually kind of bad at first. Like I had these teachers like during quarantine cause they're like, oh, everyone's at home. Still freshman year, which is funny cause we had them grade four, but I was like, oh, I'm gonna be a good student and go to class still. Mm. But I had these teachers be like, oh, since they're at home, let me just assign 20 assignments all due within five days, every okay. single week. So I was like, even though we have a grade four, even though we were at home and during quarantine and class was optional, I was killing myself every single day mm. trying to get it done to the point that my parents had to take away my laptop and tell me you can't go to class anymore. Mm. Like they had to completely remove me from the situation. Then like all of quarantine, I just spent working on myself. Mm. And like, like you said, finding like the confidence or like finding like just some inner strength within me to yeah. be like, okay, so unrealistic expectations, I have way too many and they're way too high. You know, mm. like, I remember I didn't talk to anyone during quarantine for like six months. The first six months of quarantine, I talked to no one. Oh my god! <laughs> like I was just I was so exhausted. I was so tired. Yeah. Like I just couldn't talk to anyone. Like if someone reached out to me, I'm not gonna like ghost marry one of them. But you mm. know, like I did not yeah, actively yeah. texting anyone. It was kind of funny though. One of my friends, I feel like the only reason why I ever came back to being like social 
was because one of my friends did not know what was going on, but just kept texting me daily. No. Daily. <laughs> and That's was, cute. It yeah. was funny at times because like I'm in the middle middle of reading. Leave me alone. Like, mm. I was like, I'm, like hey, I'm in the middle of a book. That's she sweet. Stop. Hey, but your friend never gave up on you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't know. So I was like, I just didn't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, so they were very sweet and it was very fun. But yeah. Yeah. So like, I think I agree. Like for me, it was just like taking the time to just like realize, like I feel yeah. like I just hit a breaking point where I just had to realize and like reframe it. Then junior year hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolute. But then I feel like now senior year, it's kind of, we all, ha- I don't know about you guys, but I have this like different mindset of just like kind of a mindset I wish I always had, which was just, yeah. you know, just like, it's our last year. Like, why am I living for regrets? Like, I need to for stop sure. regretting things happening, and I just need to start doing stuff. Like, for sure, it's about time yeah. I stop overthinking everything and just start having like more fun. Mm. Street facts. Yeah, I think it's definitely about like taking a step away from all of the spaces that are kind of taking a step away from the spaces that lead you to going into that mindset too, yeah. and just kind of like shifting away from the environment. Um, that kind of made you get there in the first place is a really great way to learn how to redirect your mind. I feel like, I think there's a, there's a quote, sorry, I'm being so corny today, but it was just like, you can't cure yourself in the same environment where you got sick. I think it's the quote. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are you sure it's not just, you can't? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was my, yeah, you can't was definitely my motto for like three years. But yeah, I, I really think that it's, it's about the spaces that you put yourself in. And honestly, to be blunt, it's like sometimes it's about the people you're with too. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes you need to just step away. And, you know, that doesn't mean like you have to cut them off or something. But healthy distance and, you know, trying to maybe just finding different spaces to find different areas of support in different yeah, ways. Yeah. Like maybe maybe separating your um, personal friend group with like your – oh, sorry um, – with your like – you know, maybe like academic peers and things like that. Cause then I think it is really easy to fall into that sense of comparison. And until you can find that sense of security within yourself is like, you know, try to be wary, I guess. I feel like, I don't know. I talked to someone about this maybe, (laughs) but I feel like for me, it's like, I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I was thinking about this at some point. I'm so weird. But anyways, I was thinking about some point, some point about like how high school is just, all of us are so lost together. And I feel like maybe this was the point or maybe not the point of the high school for us. Like all these people, it's just like, if we make the most out of it, then we just get to see all these different people going through all these similar experiences or completely different experiences as us and like learning from them and growing from them and just like learning and understanding. Cause like yeah. you're going to clash mm-hmm. with people, right? But you're also going to get along with so many people. And it's just so interesting. Like you can just start a general conversation just by saying something that like we'll all relate to like, I've noticed, like, in classes, if I want to, like, start a conversation, I'll just be like, oh, my gosh, I don't understand this assignment. And instantly, like, people will be like, oh, I get it. Or, like, wait, I don't get it either. And, like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, you find that just, like, one simple common ground thing. And suddenly, yeah. like, you'll just realize we're just all kind of just so isolated in our own ways. But if we just start, like, if we're willing to just just find, like, that simple commonality of just, like, we're in the same class together, it's not hard, you know, to feel that mm-hmm. alone and to just start. What's the word? I don't remember, guys. <laughs> I feel like you either know what I'm getting at or you don't. Yeah. No, you get it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, definitely agree. Oh, no, I'm just trying to find a poem I wrote about something Aww. similar. I can find it. Uh, but I definitely agree with that. Like, I do find it, like, really, like, reassuring and comforting, realizing that that once you, like, make a small step, we're all interconnected. And 
I agree. Yeah, that's all I have yeah. to say. I really think, you know, taking the first step to foster relationships and find that kind of support with your peers and like in an empowering sense is how we can reclaim autonomy or wow why am i speaking such big words i feel like (laughs) i feel like yeah i think just in addressing addressing academic pressure and all the ways that you know affects us negatively it's just about empowering one another and empowering yourself through like you know building more empathy for yourself and just kind of like you know taking the step back to redirect your mind and what you what you are looking for out of high school is like the best way to address that and also just understanding like even from us like this podcast for example like hearing all our different experiences someone's bound to relate to one of them yeah because like you're going to relate to like literally just asking about like did you feel the academic experience every single one of us said yes automatically Mm -hmm. you know it's just about understanding like if we're willing to open up and start talking about these problems, we won't feel as isolated. Mm-hmm. And we'll start to feel like, oh my gosh, like maybe I didn't go through that exactly, but I do get where you're coming from. Like mm-hmm. I relate to maybe this part and this part, and it's just about forming connections through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Sorry, I couldn't find it. <laughs> you're good. But yeah, I think I'm really glad that we're kind of getting to this mm-hmm. ending note because Love I think yeah i mean no it's like i know people hate it because it's like super corny of like saying i love myself self-care but like sometimes you need to give yourself the affirmations to like in order to like believe in yourself yeah you owe it to yourself you know like it's hard though i admit it's the hardest thing ever it's super hard like you just have to start with something small like even if it's like absolutely minuscule just starting with something small just it means like that just makes the difference yeah for sure so i hope by um listening to this episode you're able to get something out of it um and you know i guess it's just also i feel like it's good for me to talk to you guys i appreciate you guys yeah no um, i got to got, know you guys even more. yeah i really appreciate it. yeah thank you guys for sharing bonding over cough shops yeah. <laughs> yeah so um before we end off i guess we could just kind of reintroduce ourselves again and just like a little ending message just about to address whoever is listening just yeah. in regards to expectations and self blame and things like that yeah Yeah, i feel like for me it's just i think something i would just say that helped me get through academic pressure was just first of all learning not to care about Mm. other people and like what they do or what they say and just compare with what what was the quote i'm gonna do a quote too (laughs) it was like only compare don't compare yourselves with others but just compare yourselves with who you were yesterday you Mm. know that's a good one Oh, the quote was, you can't heal yourself, not you can't cure yourself. Oh. Heal yourself in the same environment where you got mm. sick. You can't do that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I feel like it's still pretty similar. Yeah. So this is, yeah. And I am Saj. I'm also a peer counselor, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess um, I know it's really corny, but you have to love yourself. That's mm-hmm. like out of everyone, you got to love yourself first, and then you can't really do anything. And I'll end it off with the quote as well. It's from Selena Gomez. Yes. Uh, go ahead and do it because you're going to do it anyways. So, yeah. Okay. My name is Rachel. Um, I guess to out of everything we talked today, I think the number one thing is just remember that you know yourself best and you know all your experiences and it doesn't matter the kind of mistakes you've made in the past or the ways that you punish yourself for whatever you feel like you haven't accomplished or that you're just incapable of doing. At the end of the day, if you're able to see yourself doing something and you're able to see yourself 
getting to a better place, you're capable of it. And in that, it's just don't let these external expectations get to the best of you. Don't let it get in your head. Wow. How much was a follow-up after that? (laughs) (laughs) Trust. All right, I'm Allison, and I'm also a peer counselor and a student member. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want everyone to, like, remember that it is your life, and you are, like, the dictator of, like, what your Mm. actions and what you do. And I feel like you shouldn't be super influenced by others and compare yourself because you are, like, the vehicle to your own life. Oh, Oh. (laughs) I found the poem. She was like, how do do I follow up after that and (laughs) give the best voice? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, only I read it on Nirvana Soul. It's the one about it was a love letter to myself. Aww. So I only say this part. So it's like you're the writer, director, and the actor, of course. And it starts with word action. Yay. Oh, it snaps. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Poems are snaps. Uh, yeah, but just to kind of end off on everything, um, now that you've gotten the chance to know four of us, um, just know that we're here all the time. If during school hours if you ever just want to talk about anything um, and know that you're not alone in anything that you experience. I know that's something super generic that like a lot of people will say at the end, but we really do mean it. And, um, you know, all of your experiences and all of your thoughts are extremely valid. It's just about redirecting and thinking about how you want to approach them is the real question. But yeah, so if you ever want to reach out to a peer counselor, um, just feel free to fill out our form or email Mrs. Graves or email our email at evhscougarsd at gmail.com. Almost forgot it. And then just like, again, these podcasts, we're obviously, we're going to be, you won't just hear us all the time. We are going to be switching through with your counselors. Oh, yeah. So that you get to know all of us better. And then this podcast is, again, we're not really... We're not here to give you advice or to, like, put our mm-hmm. opinions onto yours. Every Like, you might disagree with us completely. You might partly disagree, partly agree. We're just here so you can have someone you can either relate to or just someone to help validate anything you're feeling. And just so hopefully you won't feel as alone. And, of mm-hmm. course, you can either reach out to us, like Rachel said, if you want to. But there is no pressure at all. Maybe mm-hmm. just the podcast is enough for you. And maybe you want to meet us in person. We all have name tags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Badger, yeah. Right? Yeah. Badger. Yeah. Like those weird badges you see around school, that's us. Yeah. Well, some of it. You, you Peer have counselors to are green. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.